In our current worship series, The Beatitudes, A Metamorphosis of Character, we are digging into the Beatitudes, or blessings, with which Jesus introduces his Sermon on the Mount that we read about in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus proclaims, through these Beatitudes, a counterintuitive truth that there is blessing, even in some of the most unlikely places, including the empty, dark, lonely, painful, needy places we sometimes find ourselves and others. We are deeply exploring the Beatitudes in an effort to uncover and fully receive the blessing that's available to each and every one of us as we are willing to inhabit these unlikely places and grow in the characteristics that Jesus embodies as one who belongs fully and faithfully follows God as we grow in the characteristics that define what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. You know, remember, according to Matthew's gospel, Jesus is sitting on the side of a hill surrounded by a crowd that has been drawn to him by his teachings and miracles and healings. And all the people, everyone who's gathered there to listen to them are welcome to receive this blessing and to follow him if they feel led. But the specific people to whom Jesus is teaching are those who have already been identified as his disciples, to those who have already committed to Jesus. He asks, are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is the fourth of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who viscerally long for, those who desire deep in their guts righteousness. Note that Jesus does not say blessed are those who are righteous. American Trappist monk, writer, and social activist Thomas Merton prayed this prayer. My Lord God, I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. It is our hunger and thirst for righteousness that is blessed. Blessed are those who deep in their very being ache for righteousness. This is a critical point because none of us is always and already righteous. I know for sure I'm not. Despite all my best intentions, I fall short. The Apostle Paul makes it crystal clear in his letter to the Romans when he paraphrases Ecclesiastes saying, there is no one who is righteous, not even one. Because the righteousness that we long for, it's God's righteousness. It's a righteousness understood in terms of who God is and what God desires, what God desires for you and for me and for the whole world. It's a righteousness tied to justice that we hear about over and over and over again throughout scripture from the very beginnings of our story of faith. In the Old Testament or Hebrew scripture, the words righteousness and justice are paired together. We see it over and over again. In Genesis, God says he's chosen Abraham and charged 
he and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. In both 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles, we read that the Queen of Sheba blesses God because God has set King Solomon upon the throne to execute God's justice and righteousness. Psalm 33 rejoices in the Lord because the psalmist says God loves righteousness and justice. In the prologue to Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 3, we learn that the purpose of the Proverbs is in part that we might learn what it is to be righteous and just. Throughout the prophets, this theme continues. Now, in the New Testament, on the other hand, we don't see this pairing at all. Makes you wonder, is this because God has changed God's mind? Has God suddenly changed who God is? Has justice become peripheral, peripheral to who God is or what God desires for creation? No. The reason is that the Greek word translated as righteousness, dikaiosune, has a dual meaning. Amy Jill Levine, professor of New Testament and Jewish studies at Vanderbilt Divinity School, points out in her book, The Sermon on the Mount, that the Greek term righteousness is related linguistically to justice. In fact, it also means justice. So each time you encounter the word righteousness in the New Testament, and it's being translated from the word dikaiosune, then you should insert the word and justice. This notion of righteousness and justice is central to Matthew's gospel. Later in the Sermon on the Mount, in the chapter right after ours, in fact, in 633, Jesus calls all those who would follow him to seek or to strive for or to desire the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. And we would add God's justice. The New Interpreter's Bible says that in Matthew, this notion of righteousness and justice both asserts its primary meaning, which is actively doing the will of God, and like its Old Testament counterpart, it points to the right-wising eschatological activity of God. That's a mouthful. <laughs> that is to say, God's righteousness points to the hope that we have that God's kingdom will be fully realized, a kingdom where God's will is wholly manifest. Those of us who ache for the time when all is turned on its head, made right in God's sight, however imperfectly we are able to realize it through our own efforts, are blessed because our hunger will be satisfied in God's time. In the meantime, we are called, however imperfectly, to work alongside God toward God's righteousness and justice. My Lord, I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, Thomas Merton prays. He goes on to say, and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. 
I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. So the question for us today is, for what do you hunger and thirst? For what do you ache? What stirs your gut? What breaks your heart? There's so much right now that needs right-wising, isn't there? I mean, globally, there are so many people displaced from their homes, people seeking asylum on the borders of a variety of countries, including our own. The plight of those on our border generated a hunger within our congregation to respond, to respond to the literal thirst of those who are waiting. Thanks to the leadership of Ann Finch, our church, along with partner churches here in Austin and in Matamoros, Mexico, has been able to provide, at first, thousands of bottles of water, and more recently, water purified in tanks that is a lot more sustainable. It's because of your hunger to care for God's beloved children that this has been possible. This effort is ongoing and it continues to need our support. So if the need of those at our border causes you to ache, I invite you to support the effort by donating funds. You can submit them to Westlake UMC and just note in the margins that it's for the water project at the border. Locally, there have long been people here in Austin who suffer from literal hunger. And as a result of COVID-19, that need, that hunger has grown. It's broken our hearts, generated in many of us a hunger to fill those who suffer from that more literal hunger. Just a few weeks ago, our church partnered with Westlake Chamber of Commerce and with Lost Creek Living to collect food for the Central Texas Food Bank in an outreach event that we had in Lost Creek neighborhood. It was wildly successful. Thanks to you and our neighbors in Westlake and in Lost Creek, we were able to work toward a clear vision of God's kingdom. If knowing there are hungry families in Austin causes you to ache, it's not too late. We will continue to collect and receive food items and financial support for Central Texas Food Bank. We also ache on a personal level. I know that I personally ache for more kindness, more compassion, a deeper understanding of one another, whatever that might bring us together to help us more creatively come up with solutions to the many things that need right-wising right now. What causes your heart to ache? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. For what do you hunger and thirst? And how might you fill the needs and longings of others that God's righteousness and justice might come? Let us pray. Jesus, you are the righteousness of God revealed to us. You are the perfect representation of the nature of God and in your living for us, 
you began the setting right of the world. So often I ache on the inside because things in this world are not right. Often life is really hard and some days are filled with difficult news. Many days I sense a longing for things to be set right, but most of the time, if I'm honest, I simply long for things to be set right in my world and not necessarily for my neighbor or the stranger who lives across town or around the world. Challenge me to help them, to love them and to pray for them. Help me to do unto them as I would have them do unto me. Help me to believe that no one is beyond your love. Help my desire align with your desire. Help me to pursue righteousness, wholeness, and justice. I'm an ordinary human being, and I don't get it all right, but I want my heart to be open to you and to my neighbor. As Thomas Merton prayed, I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. Amen.